It's a Labor Day extravaganza. As you're lounging by the pool, as you're floating down the river, you've got the podcast downloaded. You're going to get your fix of the Loftus Party podcast. Thanks for being here. You got yours truly out on the East Coast. You got the uh, the Liberty Gypsy in parts unknown. We're never quite sure where she's going to be. What camp are you in today? I'm in the home camp. The home camp. Oh, you guys. Home camp. You came back for the uh, for the for the winter. You coming in? You getting your crystal ball all cleaned off? Get your wagon fixed? <laughs> yeah, stuff like that. Yep. Ah, uh, it's fantastic. So uh, we were talking a little bit before the show. You're trying to squeeze in uh, as much summertime as you can. Same here. Same mm-hmm. here. You've been uh, you've been doing some some fun stuff. You've been doing some yeah. what rafting and kayaking and river rafting, racing, kayaking. We were on a boat last weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I got a better tan now than I did in July. That I think that's uh, I think that's probably true for most people. I've been mm-hmm. trying to. I live I live relatively close to a, a great beach out here. On Long Island. And I've been trying to uh, skedaddle out there as much as I can. I don't think I'm going to get out this weekend. It's just been insanely busy. Just insanely busy. But in a good way. I can't complain. I can't complain because a lot of people would love to be insanely busy. I want to start. Oh, I got to start off the show with this. This is great. So a couple weeks ago. I just want to give you guys an update. Uh, A couple weeks ago. Uh. We we at the uh, theloftestparty.com uh, started a, a GoFundMe, and I, I titled it Backing the Blue. The idea was to uh, just like a random act of kindness for some police here in the New York area. I, I chose New York because that's where I am right now. And so a buddy of mine who is uh, retired NYPD, he reached out to uh, the head of the police union and was talking to his buddies. And he's like, who's really got it bad? Who's really getting crapped on a lot? So we know which precinct house uh, we're going to do. And then the idea was to do this. The idea I was because I was thinking about it. I've never done a GoFundMe before. Gimlet. Mm-hmm. Never. I just I just jumped in. I'm like, well, I'll figure it out as I go. Uh, but the people. Right. Yeah, seriously. I mean, it's it's one of those things where just jump in. I kept I kept holding off and like I'm like, oh, I should do it through Facebook, but then it was tough to set up, and there wasn't really a category. So anyway, I just jumped in and did it, uh, and it, it it all worked out. And as I was I was thinking about it, I'm like, it's one thing to like show up at a at a at a precinct house with like a stack of pizzas. Here you go. You know, so the people in the afternoon, they get like a hot, nice pizza, but they have, but I'm sure they have pizza a million times a week. And then the people in the morning, they kind of get screwed over. And then the late, late night people get screwed over. So I wanted to make sure that we took care of everybody. I want those people who work late at night to come in and have something nice. So we had to raise enough money to do that. And we did. And we did. We made it. We have nothing to spare. Uh, it's going to be great. All of it, 100% is going to go. So I don't want to be a dick about it, but I, I I will like, I'm going to try to grab some video 
I'm going to try to get some, some pictures of this stuff just so people can see and enjoy. So for everybody who gave to the GoFundMe, uh, it's, it's awesome. You're fantastic. It's working out. Uh, me and my buddies have the, the wheels are in motion and I will keep everybody updated, but that's what to me, that is what encapsulates what we're trying to do. And it's not like I want to do this all the time, but I do want to kind of do stuff like this on a regular basis. You know, it's like when the lockdown first started, there was a uh, a dairy farm that that reached out and they were like, "Hey, uh, things are slow. If you could if you could get a few orders coming our way, we'd greatly appreciate it." I mentioned it on the live stream on Facebook. They got a few more. You know, you just help out where you can. That cost that cost no one a, a nickel. Cost nothing to do that. So I really dig it that we were able to do this uh, GoFundMe, and we're going to do something that's just just kind of nice. It's it, it's I, I think it's I think it's a good thing. I would like to think that if uh, that if I was a policeman and it is tough times that it's not going to change anybody's life, but it's it's a nice gesture. And and that's what I want to keep doing. I want to be able to, you know, if the if the, if a, if a wounded vet comes back and needs a little something, something, let's just help out. There's going to be there's going to be a ton of possibilities, but it just uh, reaffirms to me. People are are good. People are good. So we're going to keep doing that kind of stuff. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Okay. Let us move uh, into the world of politics and, uh, and, of course, the media. I guess I was – I thought that maybe – and this is just I'm, – I'm, I'm incredibly naive. I thought maybe that the left had – like they were out of ammo, they were out of ammo, but they have just reloaded. And when you think they can't get any more obvious, they can't get any more just blatantly biased. Did you see the questions that they posed to Joe Biden at his press conference? Oh, my God. Right. How embarrassing. I mean, <laughs> did the campaign write those? Seriously. They, you, I'm. You, I know you're being silly, but did you you saw the clip of that of that black girl who walked up to the microphone? Yeah. And she goes, I I know I'm supposed to read off this piece of paper, but I can't do it. And I, I, you're just like, what? Hold the phone. Read off the piece of paper. The questions were ridiculous. If you didn't see it, uh, one of the questions I forget which newspaper this guy was from, but he's like, you know, aren't you angrier at Trump for being so horrible? The people want to see you get angrier. Can't you be like, just like coaching, like a little league coach. Hey, Joey, get in there, guy. Get in there and really, they, they want to see you get mean, buddy. Really, really ramp it up. I'm from the Washington Post, but you got to, you got to get mean, guy. It was just horrible. And, and obviously these reporters have no shame. They have None. no shame. But None. you think they would be embarrassed by that. Well, I just think Joe Biden should be embarrassed by any number of things this week. Mm -hmm. I was so furious when I heard what he was going to do in Kenosha. My brain almost exploded. Uh, do tell. Elaborate. Elucidate. Um, so 
Jacob Blake got shot after showing up at the house of a woman he allegedly raped while her children were in the bed in violation of a restraining order, then resisted arrest, got through two tases, and was reaching into his car for a knife. And Joe Biden went and met with his father and the family and spoke to young Jacob on the phone and basically lionized him. No, no, no. It is... uh... Can you imagine being Jacob Blake's alleged victim and seeing the WNBA line up in T-shirts that spell your attacker's name? It's... It's... Almost, it's so ridiculous as to be almost funny. It's the when you talk about the narrative, it's it's like the media takes the last three seconds of the of the person attacking the. That's all it is. It's it's like no one is curious as to well, what was the run up? Why were the police there? They make it. They 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 sincerely want people to believe. That uh, these Kenosha cops were just driving down the street, and they were like, "Whoa, hold up! There's a black dude in a wife beater. Let's shoot him in the back seven times!" Woo! Like that's literally what they want people to think. And 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 the the idea of restraining order and uh, accused of rape, and he was tased twice, and like I, I it's I, I want to be able to make fun of it. I want to be able to laugh at it, but. It's it's gonna hold up. Like, do you, I don't even know where to start. I don't know where to start. If, if if people really, I think people really do believe it. They really do believe it. That cops are just rolling down the street, just assassinating people of color. They really think that's what's going on. Well, but then he meets with his father, who's an open anti-Semite, follower of Louis Farrakhan, that has all <laughs> kinds of racist crap on his social media page. <laughs> well, and you want to talk about the very fine people hoax, Joe? Oh, is he still doing that one? He's been doing it like for the whole. He started his campaign with it. Yeah. He mentioned it in his speech at the DNC, and he's referenced it several other times. Joe, the party that has a problem with anti-Semitism is not the Republican Party; it's the Democrats. <laughs> It is. There were seven open supporters of Louis Farrakhan at your freaking convention with talking parts. It's uh, who? It's uh, we, we're just like getting closer and closer to the Matrix. I, I it's weird. I'm I'm very conflicted on this. Like the, the very fine people hoax. I'm just so used to now, like doing these social media drive-bys. It's it, that's what's kind of shutting it down. Is that you'll see somebody will post something on Facebook and like literally I got a, a ton of people friend me uh, and you know they've 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 seen my stand up or they've they've seen me on Fox News or whatever so I have a very I try to keep things separated I really do but like on my personal page I'll scroll by and somebody will you know, do a little shout out to the very fine people thing. And I just, I just copy and paste. I just, here's the link, not even CNN's doing it. Here's the link. And I I don't even comment. I just, I just leave, I just leave the link. Discover it for yourselves. Keep going. And that is what here. This is funny. Uh, Not funny. Ha ha, but funny odd. I, I was really 
thinking about this today, then here's the, here's a question, just like like philosophically, like how do you how what's the best way uh, to get people like on the left to to start questioning like what they're seeing on MSNBC? Like, listen, I'll I'll question Fox News. I'll, I'll obviously I question CNN, MSNBC. But how do you get people to to be more uh, critical thinkers. Yeah, yeah, to be more, seriously, intellectually curious. Because if you're just going off of, uh, you know, CNN and MSNBC and and the mainstream media, you just, you'd have to think that those people would know, like, someone's leaving something out. Like, did did, did China stop being our enemy? I think, um... I think you're starting to see some of that with COVID because since March, (laughs) the the people who exhibit or who just still have trust in the media has dropped significantly. It's like down to 35%. Wow. I didn't know that. On a specific issue of COVID because I think people are looking around and going, uh, you know, that's, that's not what I see. Yeah. Like when I listen to CNN coverage on COVID, right? And I listen to Dr. Fauci say, oh, yes, those are actual cases. When we have the scientific proof that says up to 90% of them can't make the per- person sick and couldn't be transferred to anybody else, 90% of positive tests because we're over amplifying the virus. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I've, I, I've seen, I've seen the research on that. And you've got Dr. Fauci saying it's still real. And I'm like, no, it's not. Well, it's it's very, very, I mean, it's tough. It's such a, it's such a, like a number crunching spiral of statistics. And if you've got underlying health conditions, obviously there's a risk there, you know, because uh, COVID teams up with that stuff and just, you, you, you know, it, it really zaps you. But like, I saw where the CDC adjusted their numbers down and I apologize if we, if we brought this up last week, but just like the pure COVID deaths, deaths, just pure, just COVID and nothing else is, uh, like 9,200. That's it. Yeah. Well, that, that data is a little bit weird, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, first of all, I think the coding on the ones that were just COVID is lazy um, rather than accurate, number one, because there isn't a lot of rigor around how we fill out death certificates. Mm-hmm. And when you look, I, I went into the, the full file because I got suppressed on Facebook. And you did? I did. Um, yeah, I, I actually got the false information flag. Oh, um, Oh, when yeah. I, I get I get when, that like every other day. <laughs> that's the first time I have on something I've written. And I've oh, written on something a lot you of stuff wrote. about. Yeah, I've written a lot of stuff about lockdown being crap, um, hydroxychloroquine. And I've never gotten a false flag because I link the crap out of stuff. Right. Yeah. yeah. It would be very hard for a fact checker to say I had no evidence for what I was saying. Let's just put it that way. Um but so I actually went and downloaded all of the data. And what I found was 
what were what was in that data were actually two different things. I think everybody was reading it as some people had no pre-existing conditions. They're actually called comorbidities because there's things that um, COVID can cause, right? So we know some people who have severe COVID, their blood will clot and they'll have a stroke. Yeah. So COVID and that condition caused by COVID are both listed on the death certificate. Yes. If you just take the things that COVID can't cause, like diabetes, obesity, you know, there was there was like 12 or 13 of them that aren't caused by COVID. What you find is that for every death at the time that that data was run, people have somewhere between 1.3 and 1.6 pre-existing conditions for every death. So, yeah, yeah. when you take when you take out the the things that happen because of COVID itself, the number's a little different. And because of a complete lack of real rigor around how you're supposed to fill out a death certificate, some doctors just put in the primary cause, some doctors put in 12 causes. I mean, it, it's really, it's really uh, kind of up in the air, I guess is the best way to put it. Um, yeah. What I would rather see is like a line by line of each death certificate. And then you can actually see what's going on with individuals and different age ranges and stuff like that. But they just don't give us that level of data. Well, here's what I want to see. And and it really is. And this is going to sound, this is going to sound hardcore. Uh, But, but we got to, we got to open up and we got to open up much, much, much faster I, I know we've said it before on this show. Uh, there was, this was a, a CBS doctor that I watched uh, this morning. And they're thinking, you know, that when the winter time comes around and the fall comes around and we're all locked up and we're because that's what it is. That's that's why this stuff that's why this stuff thrives in the in the in the fall and the winters. People were all cooped up. You're not going outside as much. Uh, he's thinking that maybe we'll probably look at we'll be looking at like twenty percent of the population uh, will have had it by the beginning of twenty twenty one. So, mm-hmm. what my big concern was with the lockdown and all this stuff is that we're just stretching it out. We're just yep. stretching it out, and it, it's become obvious to me that this is. It just benefits a political party. And this is, this should be above politics. I know other people have said this before, but, but we got it. We got to keep going. I mean, like as a society, we have to keep going. There's people who are going to, I mean, Congress is going to have to get off their bahunkas and, and do something about, you know, people are going to be thrown out of their apartments and, and the rent is due and all this stuff. People, you just got to go back to work. You just got to go back to work. It's I know it sounds well, hardcore I mean, and harsh, but put on a mask and open up. And if they try to shut you down, screw them. We don't abide by by stupid laws and stupid people. They're just extending the misery. Well, here here's what you have to note, though, right? So you remember like 45 Maybe between a month and a half and two months ago, Brian Kemp was killing grandma and Governor DeSantis was reckless and Greg Abbott and, and, and 
juicy in Arizona and we were going to have tens of thousands of deaths. We were going to be like New York times 10. Yeah. Right? Because we were yeah. opening up. You know who the mainstream media isn't talking about at all anymore? Whom? Georgia, Florida, Arizona, Utah. Yes. Because yeah. our curves look exactly like New York. We've been open the whole time. We don't have mask mandates. I mean, you have some in lo local areas in Florida. We don't have mask mandates. We're allowing outdoor gatherings. Like, my life here is 97% back to normal. Like, we're actually, we actually may be able to get tickets for the Georgia-Florida game in November. Well, that's what people have to be screaming from the rooftops. It's just... This the, the the popcorn fear. I, I I'm really starting to get pissed off by the popcorn fear. It's like, ooh, Florida's gonna die. Florida's gonna die. Pop your popcorn. Let's watch the death. And then it doesn't happen. It, but everybody's like, oh, that was close. That was close. Ooh, here comes the Georgia popcorn. The Georgia pop. It's gonna happen. It's gonna. Nope, doesn't happen. And then, oh, Sturgis, Sturgis, pop the popcorn. Let's get some popcorn fear. And it's like, does. Do they think that like, and I don't, I don't know that everyone in America does. Do you not notice that this, this, it never pays off. There's never a big None. payoff. And that's I mean, they're, why... try, they're trying to make a big deal out of Sturgis, right? Yeah. The only documented things I could find, there were, there were some positive cases. Yeah. But the only documented, I think 193 within 14 days of the event. After that, you're done. You can't, yes. you can't do that anymore, right? Like 100, 222, that's what it was. And of those 222, out of nearly a half a million people who yeah. went, there were three hospitalizations, two were released, and one passed away. One person died? One person died. That is just... But I, I tell you, I mean, social media was just lit up by it. Just lit up, lit up. Oh, pop the popcorn. The redneck motorcycle people are all going to die. And I just, how do you? Nope. <laughs> nope. And then maybe that'll be this week's video. Maybe that'll be this week's video. All right, here's what we're going to do. We're going to uh, take a little uh, break. You guys go. You're, you're, I'm, I'm, you're sitting by the pool. You're having a good time. Do yourself a favor. Roll over. Get some sun on them buns. Refresh your cocktail. Uh, and we're going to take a little break for a commercial. And then when we come back, we got to talk about Pelosi. We got to talk about Pelosi and the haircut. We'll be right back. As a small business owner, you deserve more. More confidence, more connectivity, more of the tools that help your business thrive. And at Cox Business, you can expect more from us. We don't just have sales reps. We have perfect plan identifiers, people who will work with you to make sure your business gets everything it needs and nothing that it doesn't. Your business deserves more, and that's why you can expect more from Cox Business. Call 800-526-8572 to switch today. There's nothing more predictable in life than the unexpected. Lightning will always strike. Hail will fall on roofs. Fortunately, there's AAA. AAA has been helping members stay prepared for over a 100 years. 
So when unusual storms, fallen debris, or sudden leaks happen, you'll be covered. Check, check, and check. Get the home and auto insurance you need by talking with a AAA insurance agent today. Visit AAA.com slash insurance or stop by your local AAA store. We're back. Hopefully, your your drink has been refreshed. You're, you're loaded up poolside. We are going to get into Nancy Pelosi and the hair thing. That was just too much fun. That was just too much fun. It's the hypocrisy and it's all of it. I'm just going to tease that a little bit. I just want to say this uh, very quickly. I went out of my way to not mention the whole uh, Trump suckers and losers and disparaging the fallen. There was no way I was going to put that in the uh, opening segment. There was no way I was going to do it because that is just more of that, in my opinion, just here's the narrative that the the other side wants to set. And so I don't even want to play by their rules. It's it's to me the most blatant. It's just it's just a lie. It's just a, uh, a a well-timed lie. And when I say well-timed, it was. It was amazing how that story came out in the Atlantic. No sources on the story, by the way. No sources. And the people who were actually there on these trips, people like John Bolton, who just came out with a book that wasn't too uh, flattering to the president. Even Bolton says it didn't happen. But it was just – isn't it amazing to you? And aren't you just a wee bit curious – that like an hour or so after the Atlantic story comes out full of just uh, lies and hot garbage that these people have ads ready to go. They're like, ooh, here's an ad about that. It's just that's a coordinate, a coordinated attack of just pure uh, BS. And it's like actions speak louder than words. I don't think anybody uh, in in recent history has been as good and supportive of the the everyday men and women rank and file in the military than than the president trump it's just, to me it's just so ridiculous it's just so blatant and so ridiculous i don't want to give it any airtime and you look at these you look at these uh these pundit shows on on msnbc and fox and cbs and they're all just like ooh ooh and then there's no way there's no way for the White House to win the argument because, like, uh, there was some dumb box of rocks person on, on one of the shows today going, well, to see how the White House is uh, going after the story, to see how much the White House is just really trying to defend themselves, it seems like they're defending themselves a little too much. Maybe something's there. Oh like, my so there's God. no way to win. It was, yeah, it was an absolute joke. So the only way to win is just to, to pretend it, it never happened and set your own narrative. And that's what, uh, that's what Trump is so good at. So go, go, go. It was, to me, it's no. just disgusting. It, it, to me, it, it, it's just stupid. Because John Bolton outlines what happened that day in his book, which was published previous to the Atlantic. Never knowing that this was going to come up, right? Yeah. Yeah. John Bolton doesn't particularly love the president and said, no, he <laughs> never said that. Yes. 
it is uh so we're I don't want to give it a bunch of of, of airtime here. It's just it, to me it's just it's just cheap it's easy and it's like you you uh you chum the waters with stuff like this and then hopefully it's like fishing you know you throw out a bunch of garbage and hopefully some you know somebody bites and you go oh this is a big story like i'm so tired of the like anonymous sources story uh when there's so much stuff going on in real life you saw the uh, th- that crazy statistic that somebody like ninety percent of the protests in America are nonviolent. Ninety percent, they really don't want. And this is to me, to me, if I'm on the left, if I'm on the left, and you go, okay, what do we got? Well, we got this, we got this, we got this thing we came up with where uh, Trump called uh, dead servicemen in World War II suckers and losers. You're like, eh, well. Let's hold off on that. And then a Trump supporter is assassinated in Portland on night 90-something, on night 90-something of, uh, we'll call it unrest. And now they have video. They they know the murderer was lying in wait. You can see Mm -hmm. him on the security camera just waiting, just waiting, just waiting. So a Trump supporter is murdered in cold blood. And that to me, should be a much bigger story. So they're like, you know what? Hey, what do you got? That, that The uh, the World War II guys, the, the losers and suckers thing. Let's go with that. Tell those guys to get that ad out there. We, we don't want people talking about what's going on in Portland. I'll crack, I'll crack the, uh, the, the top on this one. This, this occurred to me the other night. Sometimes I'm very slow, you guys. I did a video. It was all right. It was pretty good uh, on YouTube. Uh, I thought this headline was hilarious. They're like, it's night 90 plus of unrest in Portland. 90 plus. They're not even going, they know it's They know it's not going to stop. So they're not going to say it's night 92 or 93. They're like 90 plus. Now they're going by tens. It's not, it's not, they're not going 89, 90, 91. They go, okay, this will be the 90s and then we'll be in the hundreds. The, the mayor of Portland, Ted Wheeler, and uh, the, 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 the governor of, uh, of, of Oregon and everyone, they don't care what happens to that city. They're looking at a bigger picture. The, the, to them, it's all about the bigger picture. This is like, if, if you had a week of protests in your hometown, you'd be flipping out. You would be flipping out. They're burning down buildings. They're they're looting stores. They're doing whatever they want. They're attacking cops. They're beating people up with skateboards. If that was going on for a week, you'd be freaking out. But Ted Wheeler and, and Portland and the governor of Oregon and everybody else is like, well, you know what? We're just going to let it go. We're just going to let it go. They're, they're ready to throw their society under the bus. They don't care. And then it should be, this is what I put together. It's like, well, so if they're okay with doing that in Portland, you have to think Ted Wheeler's not alone. You have to think that there's other leaders, other elected officials who, you know what, we have to throw society under the bus for a while to win the bigger game. You've pro- you're so smart, Gimlet. You probably put this together ages ago. But for me, it, it hit me upside the head. I'm like, holy crap. And then you look at Chicago. Chicago how long has, the, has that been going on in Chicago? They don't care. They don't care. So when people come at me with, like, with strange uh, 
uh, uh, at, at first blush, you think, well, that's a conspiracy theory. The whole COVID thing, that's kind of a conspiracy. Is it? Is it? I'm watching a city. I'm watching Portland just be thrown under the bus. People are pretending that, oh, it's not happening. They're on, they're into the hundreds now, I believe, of civil unrest. People are get, being assassinated in the street for wearing the wrong hat. Businesses are being torched. The federal government's not allowed to come in and protect the property. They're okay with letting that hunk of their little society, that downtown, they're okay with letting that die because ultimately uh, there's a, there's something in it for them. They can have more power. They can defund the police. They can make new laws. They can do whatever they want. That is, that was, it was shocking and, and scary to me. That people, eh, it's okay. It's okay. Just let it go. You don't think they would do that on a national level? Oh, I absolutely do. And then you you have the mayor of Portland coming out um, after he's had to move out of his condo. They tried to burn him alive. I know. After they after he had to move out of his condo, right? Yeah. He comes out and he blames the DA for not yes. holding people. And, I'm and like... You're the you're in 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 a disastrous setup. You are the chief of police. Yes, you're telling them not to arrest these mooks. It is like how how hard is this to solve? Like how hard is this to solve? You're like you want to have a peaceful protest? Absolutely, you can. You can protest. Uh, you can. Where are you going to do your march? I need a, a route of of your march. I need the, you know, the, the list of speakers, whatever you want to do. And I, you can do it uh, anytime the sun is up. But when the sun goes down because of recent events and because of so many lunatics out there and vandals, sorry, you were, you were not going to let you pre uh, protest from uh, 8 o'clock at night till 7 a.m. People are going to be sleeping. And if some and if somebody's out there and. They're you're they're violating the curfew. You got to put it down. Make arrests. Arrest people. Oh, good lord! And then the other thing it's it's not it's not just Portland. I, I saw video from Rochester where just roving bands of people are attacking diners at a cafe. They're doing it in Denver now. It's it's not just. Portland and Seattle and Chicago know what's coming to Rochester. Hey, look, it's in Denver. Hey, it's going on in Cleveland. It will be everywhere. I, I'm, I'm just preaching to the choir now. I'm preaching to the choir now. I think suburban people, they, they go, oh, it's the suburban women. It's the suburban women. It, listen, you can tell me that 90% of the protests are peaceful till the cows come home. But when you see the fires and the and the people shouting uh, you know, with the, the clenched fist and they're shouting to raise your hand. That's just talk about Hitler's Germany. Talk about Nazi Germany. Good Lord. Good Lord. Well, tell me to raise my hand. I'm going to raise my hand. I'm also going to raise my middle finger. Yes. Yes. Yep. I just thought I'm talking about that video where there was that girl and her girlfriend sitting at the table mm -hmm. and they're just descended upon by that mob. Put your hand in the air. Put your hand in. And then it's a, these, these same morons on the left. They show that there's that somewhat famous picture of a, a rally in Nazi Germany and everybody's doing the Sig Heil thing except for one dude. He's standing there with his arms crossed and everybody's like, be that guy. That's who you want to be. And I'm like, son of a bitch. There she was. There she was. And you're berating mm -hmm. her. 
Like, why wouldn't she do it? Okay, uh, the, let's go with uh, the whole COVID fraud, wear a mask, you're not allowed to open the whole Nancy Pelosi hair salon. I love that story. I love that story. I love that story for just what it is. Just the rules mm-hmm. don't apply to her. That is, that's it in a nutshell. And that's why it resonated with everybody. It's it's Marie Antoinette. It's let them eat cake. It's like, I make the rules. The rules don't apply to me. It was wonderful. It oh, was I mean, wonderful. you ha- you heap that on top of her James Corden thing with the ice cream. Mm-hmm. there's got to be two or three other ones like that. You could have the best campaign commercial. Oh, now is it true that she's not going to seek re-election? Is this it for her? Oh, I don't think so. I heard that rumor uh, a while back. She must not have uh, made some kind of uh, public pronouncement yet. Maybe she did. I thought thought she was done after this. I think she's on the ballot. And, oh, this is just a reminder to our listeners. You know Gavin Newsom is her nephew, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that's like they got their little, they got their little mob set up in, uh, in California. Hey, I'll be, I'll be the Speaker of the House. I'll go to Washington. You stay here. You'll be uh, the governor of California. Do a bunch of Green New Deal stuff. That, and that's the other one that's the, like the biggest joke. Oh, we're going to create so many jobs, the Green New Deal and solar power and wind power. And they had rolling blackouts in California. They're like, wow, we didn't anticipate there would be this much need for electricity. What, in in August in California when people need their air conditioners because it's freaking hot outside? We didn't anticipate it. It was just a, it was crazy. This heat wave just came in out of nowhere. But we're going to, we're going to build more wind machines and more solar it's just an absolute joke i loved seeing nancy go down i loved it and the i guess this the salons in san francisco you're allowed to cut hair on the sidewalk and that's that's what i'd love to see is like nancy pelosi on the sidewalk you know just puddles of urine old needles broken crack pipes and her try. I just need to get my roots done. I just need to touch up on my roots. She's uh she's above the law. She's above the law. So open up your business. Open up your business. They're they're they're, they're making these rules willy nilly, and you just have to open up. You just have to open up. I have something here. Uh. Oh, vote by mail. Let's spend a little time about vote by mail. Did you see uh you see Big Billy Barr on CNN? I did. That and was I, great. I, you know what I loved best about him? Hmm. When he said, Will you please let me finish speaking? In a very authoritative tone, because all of the CNN hosts just talk over Republicans now and get their narrative out. And yeah. Don't give the Republicans time to speak. Billy Barr effectively shut down Wolf Blitzer and made Wolf let him answer the question. I thought that was brilliant. It was, and I don't think they'll have uh, Big Billy Barr on again anytime soon. I don't think so either. It's just, and it's not, it's not that hard to do. If you've watched five Ben Shapiro 
uh, YouTube videos, you can go on CNN and hold your own. <laughs> it's like they have to like just be they they have to go back to the the bottom of the barrel the bottom of the barrel to get the the pundits on there it is laughably bad it is laughably bad and sometimes you just have to stand back and just you just you just shake your head because the the headline coming off of uh, attorney general Barr's uh, appearance on Wolf Blitzer show is like oh he 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 does the same false talking points as the president. And you're like, wait, you, you don't see how mail-in voting is just ripe for fraud? You don't see that? You're going to pretend like you don't see that? You're going to pretend like there wasn't uh, a, a Democrat operative who just did an interview with the New York Post and the New York Times about here's how we did it? You're going to pretend like ballot harvesting isn't real. You're going to pretend like it, it wasn't happening in, in Philadelphia and there was voter fraud. You're going to pretend like all these ballots weren't thrown out. You're going to pretend like the United States Postal Service didn't endorse Joe Biden. You don't, you're you going to pretend like postmen don't throw away mail they don't want to deliver. All of these things, you're going to pretend like that's not real. Just to see the media that much in the bag should terrify everyone. Well, and uh, all right, I'm just going to put my full tinfoil hat on. Um, Do it. The, Demo the Democrats and the media are both well aware, are all well aware of the problem with mail-in voting. And the real problem with mail-in voting and mass mail-in voting, to be sure, okay, there was an analysis out there for the elections between 2012 to 2018. One in five ballots is missing. Okay. So we just saw that replicated in the Democrats' New York City primary where 20% of voters were disenfranchised. Now, if you've been following the commentary, right, mm -hmm. um, John Kerry has said, oh, if the vote is questionable, that could be cause for a revolution. Um, Hillary Clinton is telling Joe Biden not to concede under any circumstances. We just had that Hawkfish Bloomberg-funded report coming out and say we're going to have a red mirage election night because Republicans will go out and vote, and then they'll count the Democrats' mail-in votes, and da, da, da. And I'm going, okay, 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 okay. See, the thing is, they know that it's going to be a problem, and they're counting on it being a problem. Think about John Podesta's war game, right? Yeah. Yeah, the war game was if Joe Biden loses, they're going to let California or they're going to encourage California, Washington and Oregon to secede from the union. OK, then they're going to wait and see what the military does. Who are they trying to trash tr Trump with this week? The, the military. military. Yeah. It's it, like if, if you watch them close enough and you understand things our State Department has done in other countries. <laughs> Right. Yes. Like Ukraine. Yeah. It's very obvious what they're doing. And it's dangerous. And they are putting at risk Americans faith in fair and free elections to gain power. Now they're trying to politicize our military to gain power. You never. Part of the reason our military is so highly trusted is because they are a civilian military not tied to a political party. Yeah. Like these yeah. two things that they're doing are so very, 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 very dangerous, especially in an 
in a country that is as politically divided as we are right now. And if they're willing to go this far, right, to win an election, what in the hell do you think they're going to do if they actually do? Yes, that's where that's where we've been saying it for a while. It's like this is the step too far. This is the one where Mm -hmm. I don't know if you can come once you go past this. I don't know if you can come back from that. And then I would put this up uh, on the table. Like the world is still a very dangerous place. There nothing there's nothing that says you get to automatically stay a country. It's not like it's not like everybody has agreed, okay, these are the maps. It's never going to change. It's never going to change. Empires rise and empires fall. And while We've been busy doing our little, oh, we have to talk about the inequities that are among, oh, and women's rights and all this stuff. Like, China has not been asleep. China has been going. And uh-huh. I, I didn't realize there was some, like, I want to I say it's the INF treaty, some, like, short-range missile treaty. And it was, uh-huh. I, I don't know who got us into that. Trump got us out. But it's like, oh, we're not going to do these short-range missiles. Now that's great if everybody agrees to that, but China didn't agree to that. They've mm-hmm. they're de- they're de- they've been developing these little missiles that can boom 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 take out our ships at sea and do these surgical strikes and and, and we are we got our pants down and China's ready to go. And while we've been talking about oh we need to be uh, more inclusive and we need to make sure that there's more trans people on the board of directors at the NFL. China has the largest navy in the world now. They have well, the largest I, navy I, in the world. There's a great quote from from Douglas Murray. Douglas he said, "When the Murray. barbarians, I love him because he's British. I love a British accent. <laughs> um, of course you do, darling." He said, "When the barbarians are at the door, we'll be arguing over gender pronouns." That is, that's how I'm feeling. That's yep. how I'm feeling. Like, hey, do you guys not remember? We're missing a couple of buildings in New York. We're missing a couple of buildings in New York because pe- there are people on this planet who do not want us alive. That's the big one. That's what I'm more concerned of whether than, oh, if my buddy Chuck puts on a dress, do I need to call him uh, Charlize? It's crazy. We're going to come back. Um, um, I want to apologize to Charlize Theron. Uh, you're still a hottie. And Chuck, maybe a different color. All right, we're coming back. There's a, we, we got a, a lot more segment. We got some Mandalorian 2 news, more politics, more stuff. It's, it's going to be fantastic. I don't think you should reload your drink because you're probably still sipping on that one you made at the last break. But we'll be right back. Okay, odds are you're one of the people in America who's better off today than three years ago. And now you've got some smug Democrat calling you racist and trying to jam one hand in your ass and another in your pocket. So at a time when taxes are down, jobs are up, and the economy is way up, it'd be nice if there were a candidate who had more to offer than making you pay for other people's shit. Well, the eagle has landed. Say hello to President Donald J. Trump. He ain't just making America great again. Trump's doing things no president has ever done before. 
He's keeping promises, packing courts, defending the border, rebuilding our military, and making Chuck Schumer cry like a schoolgirl with two skin knees. This president is six foot three inches of let's put America first. And oh yeah, immigration, jobs, drug prices, nobody's got better numbers. The game has changed, and the Democrats are officially fucking crazy. So keep America great. Stand with Trump in 2020. into the whole Black Lives Matter systemic racism thing, and we might we might have been having an interesting conversation. Yeah, we didn't break. record for you. Right? <laughs> now makes the Mandalorian 2 seem kind of insignificant. But well, I, we do I, need something to distract us from all the insanity. Well, we do, but it can't be pure distraction. I, I, I'll say Correct. this. I'll say this. Uh, if you want to see the, the trailer for uh, Mandalorian Season 2, as soon as we're done, I'm going to post it at theloftestparty.com. Keep hope alive. Keep hope alive. I know, like, uh, Greg Gutfeld is one of those people who who hates Star Wars and whatever. He says that. He says that. But, like, it is an important thing. This occurred to me recently, too. It's like every culture has its... Uh, it has its mythology going back to the ancient Greeks, you know, and then the Romans stole from the Greeks and mm-hmm. then uh, the Nordic people had, you know, have Odin and their mythology and Beowulf and all these wonderful things. The English didn't have anything. The English had nothing. And and Tolkien was very aware of that. And that's what he set out to do when he wrote Lord of the Rings mm-hmm. It's like, I'm going to give I'm going to do a classic myth for these people who have nothing. And it seems like that's what happened with star Wars that, that obviously I don't think George Lucas, he didn't set out to do that when he wrote, uh, the, 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 the first film with, with Luke star killer and, you know, blah, blah, blah. But it, it evolved into that because he had Joseph Campbell helping him out. So star Wars and then empire strikes back and return of the Jedi that turned into a classic, a classic mythology. So I think that's why we love it so much, especially in America. And so it's, it's great to see that legacy, uh, now protected now that George Lucas is back more involved and John Favreau's doing the, uh, the Mandalorian and season two looks great. I'm, I'm, I'm totally stoked. Uh, and it's all Good. I'm, I don't know how to transition. I was going to try to use uh, mythology to 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 transition into the whole uh, Black Lives Matter thing, but I don't think it's going to work. Here's what I don't like. Here's what I don't like about the whole uh, Black Lives Matter movement. First of all, I don't I don't like their agenda. I don't like what they want. I don't like their list of demands. I went to their website. Uh, recently, I don't where all I don't like where all the money goes. Like, if if the money was going to help the victims of like legit victims, then then I'd be okay with that. But it's going to fund uh, Democrats and this political machine to make these great big uh, changes and all this stuff. I've always felt, and here we go. This is where we get into dangerous territory. When I was a kid, this is one of those moments that. 
hopefully I'll never forget. I, I watched a debate on PBS. On one side was was William F. Buckley, uh, and on the other side, I don't know who was was on the other team, but they were arguing about uh, affirmative action. And William F. Buckley's side was saying that affirmative action is inherently racist. When you start giving points to, like, okay, on the, on the SAT, okay, you want to get into this university. However, you've checked off the box uh, that says you're African-American. So because we don't have enough African-Americans in the university, we're going to give you more points on the SAT. That, to me, is inherently racist. That, to me, mm-hmm. is the height of And now we're seeing it again. Uh, in the, the state of California, they just lowered the standards to pass the bar. So, and they they say, and to me, this is just like, this is just like white power. Well, we want to have more people of color and more Latinos uh, involved in, in the legal system. Uh, so we, we're going to lower the standards to pass. So that's, you're, you're saying you're, that is saying, well, hey, black people, Latinos, I guess you're just not bright enough to pass the test as it is now. I, I don't mean I don't mean to laugh, but if you can't see how that's racist, I don't know what else to tell you. That's just people calling you stupid. That's people calling you stupid. And and when you look at like this whole infatuation that people have with this whole like 1619 project like that's the end all be all and we're never going to get past this sinful past I, I just i don't know how to help you if you're just so wrapped up in in something that literally happened 400 years ago like i don't if you want to live your life wrapped up in wrapped up in 1619 and once upon a time, once upon a time, these people had slaves. Is it slavery that you don't like? Because it's still going on. It's still going on right now. And like and it, it, here we go. This is this is cancel culture. But it's like, are, are we did we invent slavery? Did no, no other did no other like the, the Romans didn't have it. The, the the other cultures didn't have it. Egyptians, Greeks. The Egyptians. I, I kind of remember uh, there was a, a bunch, there was a, a giant uh, slave trade going on in the Middle East. And they were they were mm-hmm. taking people from Europe. They were taking, they were taking. Um, the Vikings did it? Yes. Um, it's just like, that's how it worked. The, the, the Native Americans did it. That's yeah. just how it was. I'm not going to. I'm not going to go out of my way. Oh, yes, we have to get rid of everything American because once upon a time, 400 years ago. Now, if you want to talk about Jim Crow laws, we can we can discuss that. We can discuss that. Yeah, uh, but even even the Democratic National Convention, right? How much black and white footage from Selma was run during the DNC? Like, why are you showing me pictures from before I was born? Because I relate to none of this. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like, yes, that was Joe Biden's America. And then, and seriously, and like, then I go to like, how must, how, how like, the citizens of Germany, you're a kid growing up in Germany, and and you got to learn about the Holocaust, right? Now, mm-hmm. to me, 
that is of value. You have to learn about the Holocaust so that you don't demonize one segment of your population. That's that, that to me, like, okay, this is a valuable lesson because we don't want to say, oh, my life would be better if it wasn't for those people. Let's kill all those people. And right now, what I look at, at what's happening is like, okay, the reason my life isn't good is because these people over here had a secret plan to keep me down. And if we could just then now we're, we're, we're knocking on the front door of, uh, you know, this, there, here's a group of people we can blame for all our problems. That, to me, is the terrifying notion in all of this. Well, it's just, to me, I just sit here and, again, it. you hear President Trump calling for a, a return to how we taught history. Like, yes, we have to learn about the bad things we did. We have to mm -hmm. learn about, you know, the internment camps for Japanese under FDR. Yeah, we've done a lot of really crappy stuff. Nobody's saying we haven't, but we've also been the country that has brought more freedom and prosperity to other places in the world than any other. Yes, yes. Um, and so you, you you have to you have to do this balance and say yes, these things happened, but because of our founding ideals, we're constantly challenged to live up to them. So we're better than we were, and we continue to get better. Yes, and, and, and there's a great value of seeing that reality is what you make it. Reality is what you make it. I, I, had to, I just want to make sure we have time enough to, to bring this in, because uh, you, you reminded me of something that I saw last night on YouTube that I think would be very, very helpful. The, this YouTube video was about uh, Chadwick Boseman, uh, the Black Panther. And uh, he was addressing some university and he was telling some story. And from his point of view, it was very racist. This, this event that happened in his life. But from the other point of view, uh, it, it, it was not. And I'll just, I'll quickly recap. Here's the deal. So Chad, Chad, he gets out of college. He, he gets his, he goes out for a Broadway show. Boom, gets the job. It's great. Then he gets an agent. Boom, everything's great. He goes out for a role on a soap opera, and boom, he gets the job. And it's like uh, his second day there, and uh, his character. Now, this is a soap opera, you guys. Uh, soap opera is is five days a week. You get the script the night before. The writers just churn it out. I've been. I, this is what I do. I I I write television, and just to do a half hour is a lot of work. A soap opera, that's an hour. You got a lot of characters to service. You have a lot of storylines you're doing. It's a lot of work. You're putting out an hour of television every night. So Chadwick Boseman plays this character. He plays the, the, the brother of this, uh, of this kid on the, on the soap opera. And he's, he's out of prison. Uh, he's, uh, he's involved with gangs. Uh, and he's just a, a character in this show. So the producers say to Chadwick Boseman, we love what you're doing. You've, you've been on the show for two days. Uh, we think you're doing great. You know, it's wonderful. If you ever need anything, feel free to come to us. So on day three, Chadwick Boseman comes to the producers of the show. And he goes, uh, I want to talk to you about my character. Now, now the producers are already like, I'm sure in their head thinking, oh, crap. 
Like this is the, this is not Shakespeare in the park, kid. These are cardboard cutouts, two-dimensional characters. That guy is the doctor with the drinking problem. She is the doctor's wife who uh, wants to use sex to get ahead. Uh, that girl is the orphan with the troubled past. It's like it, they're all two-dimensional cardboard cutouts. So Chadwick Boseman mm-hmm. goes in and he goes, my character. Uh, they say that he's uh, he's out of jail. Where's the father? Where's the dad? And they're like, um, well, we're uh, we're assuming we're assuming the dad is dead. Oh, okay, okay. Where's my mom? Uh, your mom is uh, she's battling a drug problem. And he's like, okay. The next day, to Chadwick Bozeman, he's like, they fired me. They fired. They they said I wouldn't be necessary. Now, from his perspective. It's because he asked these basic questions about his character and they were giving him these stereotype answers. And that's the only way they saw black people from their side of the table. I'll tell you right now, uh, Chadwick Boseman and friends, Chadwick, who I, I respect this kid. I respect his work. He's he's fantastic. But when you're producing an hour of television and you're like, OK, here comes the brother. He's got a troubled past. He's out of jail. Uh, mom's got a heroin problem. Dad's dead. It's just him and his brother. That's it. They're alone in the world. That's as much thought as they gave it. I'm sorry. You're the new guy on a freaking soap opera. I'm sorry that your role wasn't deep. And when you come in to the producer's office and you start going, well, my character, let's talk about who, hey, 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 you're not the star of the show. We're not, we don't, I, they're not going to get into, I've been on sitcoms where this happens where actors want to really, really, really dive deep into the character. That's wonderful. And and to know what characters' motivations are are all good and well, and that's also awesome. But listen, if you're churning out an hour, it is not about racism. It's not about any of that. They're like, okay, this guy's going to be a problem. He's the kind of guy who's going to go, stop the, stop the camera. Stop the camera. We have to talk about this scene. And it's like, no, dude, we don't. You need to stand there. And read what we wrote you because we have to deliver a show in 30 minutes. So it's all that that perspective. So if you are going to encourage everyone in America that look at this, look at all this racism, look at all this racism, there might be other factors that you have just not put into account from the there's there's always two sides to the story. There's two sides to every argument. So this whole Oh, we can't do anything until we get past. And then if you, and then if you say like, it, like you and I are talking about the the 1619 project. Well, if you even uh, come a, come up a, if you attack it critically, then that's proof that you're a racist. You know what I'm saying? Oh no! Well, you you're not even allowed to ask for evidence. Yes. So that, that, if, if you, you're if a racist, you called a racist and you say, no, I, I'm not a racist. Your denial means you're a racist. And the whole thing about it is you are taking complete agency away from the individual and judging them as part of a collective group, whether they're on this side or that side. Yeah, I, I hate the, the, the catch 22, the whole mm-hmm. you either, if you don't believe everything I say. That is proof that you're a racist. That's that's just the worst. The worst. It doesn't really mean anything anymore. 
Mm-mm. Like, do you do you see all the words that they have they've literally degraded? Like, you're gonna call me a Nazi, really? Yeah, you're a Nazi. Hey, listen, you're a like, Nazi. Maybe we if you don't go with real me. Nazi. But like, it's hilarious. Nazi. Like, you're a Nazi if you don't go with me and attack these people who are dining and encourage every single person out there to raise their fist in the air, like a salute. If ever, if you don't, if you don't go with me and beat people up for not raising their fist in the air, then you're a fascist. And and and, and literally. Uh, the, the hypocrisy is is lost on them, and now it, it gets even worse. It's like it's not an it's not enough to be uh, against racism. You have to be like fiercely anti-race. You have to be aggressively. You have to look for it and root it out. And boy, there's going to be a lot of people wasting a lot of time, a lot of time. I don't uh, I don't know. What the uh, what the future will hold? Uh, I just it's 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 culture, it's entertainment, it's it's the media, and I keep coming back to that that same old mantra of uh, just supporting the, the the members of the new media. Because wow, I saw they did a special on Tucker. And he was talking to a guy from Breitbart. Now, I knew Breitbart had been dialed back. Mm-hmm. I knew Breitbart had... I had no idea the extent of it. They're, right. No, I saw they, that segment, too. They just don't show up in Google searches. In, like, 99.9%, you can type in the exact headline, and it won't show up. That is mm-hmm. beyond... Uh, concerning. That's terrifying. That's terrifying. So it's like, if you listen to this show, uh, you know, I, I keep coming back. Cheryl Atkinson does good work. Uh, Tim Poole does good work. Uh, there's, we're, we're always trying to post and you're, you're encouraged to post stuff too, uh, dear mm-hmm. listeners at, at the loftest party, uh, dot com. It's very simple. You just, there's a, you know, you sign up, you get your, it's easy peasy lemon squeezy and then you can just copy and paste boom there's a little place to to post and it'll it'll go into our uh community group but that's uh it's old school i know who i know uh i've been dialed back on facebook which makes me think i got the recipe wrong like i have a recipe for facebook like there has to be so much just pure comedy it just has to be pure comedy oh that's just a funny picture and then I can, bing bonk, I can slide in a piece of news. But if I do news, 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 like four in a row, oh my gosh. I can just see uh, the reach of posts just go right down the toilet. It's too funny. Hey, do you want to hear a big number? What? This, I was blown away by this. I was, bl- and I think this is tied to... The GoFundMe. This is a nice little button for the whole show. So I, I do the, the Facebook live streams. You guys know I do a, a YouTube video on Monday. The Facebook live is Wednesday night, 830 Eastern. Then another YouTube video on Friday. Well, when I was doing the Facebook live and I was talking about the, the GoFundMe, the back in the blue, blah, 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 blah. I was really encouraging people to share. Do you want to know? And people were sharing. People were doing it. 
reach, the total reach, this is the amount of screens that a Loftus Party post went on. Now, this isn't interactions. This is just, I, I reached this many screens. 5.6 million. Nice! Can you believe that? Uh, dude, we've been doing this for how long now? Since 2014. We used to get excited over, like, 200. <laughs> right? Right? I was shocked. I'm like, I cannot wait to tell the Gimlet that. So 5.6 million screens had a Loftus Party post go by in the month of August. And we had 1.6 million interactions. That's people who came and they liked or they did something. They stopped and they looked. So that, to me, is, uh, is fiercely optimistic. And I want to keep that going. And that, uh, a lot of it, uh, depends on, on you guys. We were talking at the beginning of the show. I had never done a GoFundMe before. I just jumped in. When, when you and I started doing this uh, podcast, Dearest Gimlet, we just started recording and putting it out there. We've never advertised. We've never... Nope. Nothing. And the nothing. show is growing. The show is growing. And that is big thanks to you, our sexy heathen listeners, uh, thanks for telling your friends. Thanks for uh, sharing the videos. I encourage you to encourage other people. We're, we're, we're trying to do this with optimism, and we're trying to focus on the light at the end of the tunnel and how do we encourage other people and how do we help other people and talk about what's really going on and things that are of real, legit concerns. We don't want to talk the problem only. We want to enjoy the problem, but we also want to talk solutions. That's what we're trying to do. I hope you enjoyed your Labor Day. Go out, get some more of it. Now's probably a time when you're ready to reload the drink. Maybe get another uh, plate of ribs, another hot dog. You got room. You, you look good. Fall is right around the corner. We'll be wearing sweaters. Get your freak on. I'll see you next week.